0: in the slap of the hurl across the hours. Yes, it is Relax, free it.
1: Hello and welcome back to the GA Scores Podcast. My name is Conor Donnelly, and I'm joined by Pierce Corkran.
2: Hello there.
1: Uh, so, Pierce, we've got a good show lined up today. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a special guests coming on this? do you wanna perhaps introduce him?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um Turlock O'Brien, Carlo Manager. Um one very interesting guy, really, really keen GA man and um I know that's a, a the term GA man is, is really tossed about really <laughs> nearly these days and uh true gales, but I think definitely <laughs> Turlock is one of those men that um really has not only Carlos um, Interests at heart as home county manager of uh, the camp, a senior football team, but I think GA as a whole, and we we talk about a few different things that um, from issues that have arisen for the Congress over the weekend. But uh, he's he's definitely someone uh, that that is worth your time listen sitting down and, and listen for for a while.
1: Yeah, he's um, he's he's great, great first guest for us to have on the uh, have on the uh, the relaunched uh, version of the GA Scores podcast. I um, basically, yeah, I think we we sort of were we were missing it a wee bit, and we sort of decided that we'd we'd get the show back on the road again. Um,
2: the scratch is there for uh, for, uh, for for, for it to come back, and I think coming back what? into the new season. Um, I think, like we talked about, I think the GAA. Is at a massive crossroads. There's a four coming up, and I think in terms of what's next, um, it's it's going to be an interesting couple of months, and especially where the championship is going to go. I think we uh, it's it's going to be interesting what happens.
1: Yeah, um, and then from the weekend, particularly stand out for you. Then um, Dublin won again. Maybe halfway. Yeah, so Dublin
2: won again. Dublin won again. Um, I think. I think this is the standout display for me that I saw and I think that they're, they're an interesting county in that they're coming up um coming up on the outside. Um Andremoe uh, to London. Andremoe to London. Is uh it was two counties, Monaghan in Division One. Um I think I think it's their third straight win. I think they went and they beat Tyrone as well, which is a, a big a big scout for them in terms of the league. And I think this might be the year, because they've been knocking on the door usually uh, for the last couple of years. and They've been a bit of a mainstay in Division 1, which is a tough, tough thing to do. Um, and they seem to have settled in. So they're, they're going along nicely, so it'll be interesting to see how they hit the ground running for the championship. But the other county is Calvin. They're unbeaten in Division 2. And yesterday, they went down to uh, Porky um and Big Cork, from all accounts... Quite comprehensively um, from the match reports that I read. And I think it's an interesting time for them that they were up in Division One, came down, and there was a little bit of a concern, I think, in Calvin that, that, uh, that they didn't want to uh, do two, uh, that the one would be two successive relegations. And so I think after their first day out against Clare, where they uh, just uh, drew the game, I think there was a little bit of a concern about what was going to come next. But they've they've settled things down. They've gone unbeaten this year in Division Two, and they're they're looking on the road again. Uh, if not, get promotion to really hit the ground running as well in the Ulster Championship. So, I think two teams there to watch out for.
1: Yeah, what about Galway? Because I mean, they've had a great start—four uh, wins from four, uh, win over Kerry there. Um, they do seem to be getting generally in the media. They seem to be getting a bit of a hard time for the way they're playing football. But I mean. You know, getting just getting promoted up in the Division 1 for the first time in many years and winning your first four games isn't really something to be sniffed at, really.
2: No, no. And again, um, not to disrespect any Galway people that might be listening in, but I suppose with Galway, and I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about these teams not with any disrespect to the league, but I think in terms of the longer view of it, Galway, I think, are a team that... Um, They've performed very well and they've started very well, but in terms of longer view of it, I still couldn't see them put that much with dent in the championship. Um, I could be wrong. Um, they, they could they could get things going and they have they have started really really well, but um...
1: but then is that not kind of what we're looking at for Monaghan them? Because well, I, think
2: Alaska... Monaghan, I think with Monaghan, I think they're also champions. Uh, are they? been also... they? Made uh, great roads in the Ulster Championship. Um, uh, they've been knocking on the door for a long, long time. They've been mainstays in Division One, and they've been trying for a long time to uh, to get to that top table and make the breakthrough into the, the All Ireland semi finals. Where you know, they're, like they have one of the, the one of the top fours in the country, Conor McManus, and they're really, really our top team. I think in terms of what they're trying to achieve. It, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Galway have a similar record this year, but I think Galway are where Monaghan were about two or three years ago, if you get me. Yeah. That, it's the promotion, it's trying. I think Galway will be happy that they've just, you know, kept um, kept their place in Division One. I. I think that's a huge, huge, huge bonus for them. I think it's something not to be stuffed at. Um, like, for instance, we saw what happened with uh, Roscommon last year. Yeah. that they, I don't think they, I think they, their only game that they won when they went to Division 1 was when they went down. So, I, there is, you know, I think Connacht, I think, what I'm trying to say is I think Connacht is that little bit more unpredictable where, with Ulster, Monaghan, I wouldn't be surprised if Monaghan uh, went a little bit further this year. And I would, if I, if you were to ask me who's, to go, who's going to go further, Monaghan or Galway, I'd go Monaghan.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough. I did want to be Target targeting Ulster in a big way this year with Tyrone in the last uh, last couple there, but yeah. What um, about further down the leagues then? So you've mentioned Cavan Division Two, Cork, who who Cavan beat there uh, on an awful awful pitch. Um, fair, play, like, fair play to Cavan for adapting to that. Uh, what about Division Two Meath have been kind of thought they would have been making a push maybe for Division One this year? Yeah, and
2: this by all accounts they started really really well, but again they kind yeah. of fallen off. Um, the wagon a little bit, and I think um, me. I think uh, there's probably just a little bit of lack of, of quality in terms of making the breakthrough to uh, go to win one. Um, by all accounts, I think they're struggling to get through, get through their underage talents, um, and I think it's something that they, I think they're looking at uh, as a longer term uh, thing than than a short term uh, short term plan. Um, elsewhere, I think Ross I think are coming up the coming up the outside and um and Tipperary I think as well in Division Two. T- Tipperary could be a big year for them in terms of their developments, um, to really kind of become um a consistent team, a consistent uh, team challenging up at the top end, and a consistent top sixteen team, uh, t- if not top eight. Uh, further down then Armagh doing quite well in Division Three, and our old friend Ryan Mccluskey's county of Armagh. Uh, not doing too badly Uh,
1: well like speaking of going down uh, people may think we're like rushing through the leagues but uh, uh we're Pretty much the focus of today's will be on the, the Congress motions and we'll we'll spend more time on the on the league fixtures next week. But um Division Four then, so we've turned we up on the show later. Uh, they're riding high, joint top with Leash of the Minutes, uh, both on eight points, Antrim on seven with the draw against Wicklow, the only thing letting them down. Uh, division four is very competitive with those three teams. Unfortunately there's only two spots. Um but the rest seem to be pretty much cut adrift there.
2: Yeah, and I think the interesting part is um, Leish and Carlo doing so well at the top. I know Antrim are just to point off them, but I think uh, it wasn't so long ago that I think if it was not last year the year before, that I think seven of the eight teams that were relegated as baby in 2016 were all from Leinster. And Leinsters, the quality of football in Leinster took a massive hit. So it, it seems to be on the rebound, and I, I Especially in Carlo, we, we talked about it with uh with um with Turlock. It's it's something that I think he's he's worked really, really hard on and he's starting to see uh the benefits and it's it's um I don't know about Antrim Conor might be better a place to talk about them than I am, but I, it's definitely um it's quite competitive and it's good to see uh it's good to see these counties coming back on on the march in division four and hopefully they'll make a, a massive impact. Uh, come
1: to summertime. Yeah, I think from Androm's point of view, it's it's very very important to get promoted because they only did miss out by a point last year. Uh, I mean, I mean, a point as in a last minute point in the game uh, against Longford that that, got re- that relegated them, and they actually actually did well last last year in the league, you know, and competitive against uh, against Armagh the teams. You know, they would never have been competitive before, and that's uh, it was just unfortunate the way it ended. It was, it was just it's just it was just such an unfortunate end that this year now going so well and just the, the the draw home to Wicklow is just unfortunately like I don't think Leisha and Carlo are going to slip up like that and that's it that's the only thing that's holding them back at the minute um generally it's positive around the around the team um I think something that is maybe working a bit in Antrim's favour it could be playing their home games at the club grounds I like I know Casement Park is a massive issue at the minute but for example, they've been playing at Corrigan Park, and uh, I believe against Carlo, they're playing. They're playing at A Hockle, which is you know it is it's a it's a small enough club pitch. It's good quality pitch, I must say as well. But like you know, it's not Casement Park. You know, it's not these are bigger. Bigger uh, grounds that say the likes of uh, Carlo might be used to playing and playing in the Leinster Championships and things like that. There, um, it's largely positive. I think it'll be very important if Androm didn't get promotion this year. Not the end of the world. I think everybody expected at least to bounce back up again. I mean, I don't think anybody expected at least to get relegated in the first place, but. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're going well as, as well. But um, from Carlo's point of view, I think if they were able to build on last year's, you know, the whole people pointed to the Dublin game last year, you know, of how Carlo got on. But the fact they went on to win another, another uh, couple of games in the, in the qualifiers after that was, was such a big thing. And I think that momentum and uh, being uh, undefeated now, they finished last year's league very well. They continued that form in the championship. They started this league well. And I think it's just really, really positive time for them.
2: Yeah, and from um, from my own point of view, uh, being based in London, I have a special interest in keeping an eye for their results. And I think they're also a team that um, are on the open. I think they're probably a little bit behind the development that a team like Antrim or Carlo are at. And I think it's uh, it's, it's certainly going to be an exciting finish uh, to, to the league for Leish, Carlo, or Antrim or whoever uh, does go up.
1: Yeah, Um I think uh, I think that'll do us there. We've uh, we've Turlock coming up on the show. He's joined us to talk us through a couple of the, the motions in Congress and also talk a little bit more about Carlo uh, Pierce. Anything to add?
2: No, uh, looking forward to have a. It's a good chat with Turlock, and i uh, you enjoy.
1: We'll not keep you waiting any longer. Next up is Carlo senior football manager, Turlock O'Brien, and we started by talking about the decision to ban all betting companies from sponsoring GAA competitions and teams. <laughs>
0: I would be very strong, yeah, because I've seen this first time for, I'd say, 25 years now, to be honest with you. I um, was training minor teams, my own to Bear Oak like 25 years ago even, you know, it raised its head with some young lads. And I've seen it in club senior teams, my own club senior team and other club senior teams across the county. And it's a huge problem. And with the with the advent of online betting, of course, it's got even worse. You know, the amount of money that's being spent on, on gambling in Ireland is about know, like £5 billion, which equates to 10000 per minute, which is phenomenal money-like. And the statistics are really worrying because uh, the, they reckon there are two to three times more adolescents gambling than adults. So it's, it's, it's a huge problem going to come down the line. Uh, you know, th- these are going to be adults tomorrow, and if they're addicted to gambling at that age, it's going to have a huge impact on their lives and on the family's lives, and uh, anybody that has had any contact with players or people who've had uh, an addiction to gambling will have seen, you know, how the devastation causes. You know, it's it's unseen, really. And uh, until you know the person, uh, it's probably not going to be something uh, the public will be aware of. But but it's 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 very prevalent in sport, not just the GAA in sport. I was. Uh, I was in, on a panel there back in October, a uh, health and wellbeing a seminar in Cairo here. There was, was well over 150 people on it, I think. And uh, one of the big issues that was raised was the issue of gambling. And uh, we had a panel discussion, I'll was on the panel, Michael Dempsey, myself and Fergal Fox from HSE. And, uh, you know, a lot of the discussion came down to the impact of gambling on, on families and uh, the concerns and, and what it's doing to the mental health of people. So there's huge, huge issues there. Um I also had a meeting of inter-county managers back some months ago in Crow Park, and uh, the big focus on mental health of players in county squads and gambling was a big factor in that. And one of the interesting, uh, I suppose, aspects of the discussion was the impact in in third level colleges, in particular on on uh, female. Uh, uh, students um not just about gambling but the mental health issues in general that they are they are very very uh important issues that are not getting the attention they deserve or the support they deserve and i think the more awareness we can bring to it uh I, we might have some chance of, of tackling the issues yeah um something
1: that's uh was quite um stood out in all the wrong reasons was that uh, it's reported that over 100 players have received uh, support from the gpa and pierce that's only 100 that you know that have maybe came seeking Uh, there's plenty there's plenty outside of that 100
0: i'm sure that's that's right absolutely yeah i i have no doubt about that Uh, that would be i tip the iceberg i would say um as i say i've seen it in my own club firsthand and uh you know it's a it's a massive issue for young players and uh it affects everything about our lives and their families and our club actually rather, i've been running a, a, a gambling awareness program uh where i suppose really it's about looking out for each other and to signpost i suppose a direction maybe for people that are have problems with gambling because we don't have the expertise within the club but we have it on the back of our jerseys now with gambling awareness and um you know you can if you watch people's behaviours, like you would see maybe a change in the, in the behaviour of people affected by gambling, you know, their mood swings and depression and uh, cutting themselves off from family and uh, maybe having rows over, over gambling as well within the family and, and neglecting their own personal needs and responsibilities and turning to alcohol addiction and, you know, anxiety about finances. There's so many aspects to it. Like, it, uh, it's, it's so important that we're, we can see these side effects and, 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 and see if there's something wrong maybe with the individual, you know, and uh, like that's what we're all about as an association is looking after each other. And, uh, you know, really, the GAS was is a barometer for the country in many ways. And um, it's it's a fantastic organization and it does care about the individuals and communities. And uh, I think the motion that came to Congress was very, very important. it does set a discussion and an agenda for, for the country really about, about gambling in the country.
1: Yeah, Pierce. what about you? Do you think this is a good this is a good step towards, you know, like, um, addressing issue now? Of course, this isn't going to completely, you know, just because you're not going to see it in jerseys and things like that. But, like, do you think this is a good first step at least? I,
2: I agree with Turlock in that I think it's a good first step in terms of creating a discussion, which I think in Ireland especially and with sport, I think is badly needed. Um, my only concern, my only concern is... And a little caveat here. When I was younger, when oh, when I was in college, I used to um, uh, I used to work part time in a be- in a betting shop. Um, so I kind of have a little bit of of a different respect of um, about this whole issue. than maybe some others, and I, I appreciate and there is the whole idea of gambling and the addiction and the the problems that the GPA have brought up. My only concern is that I think by banning the sponsorships. And I can see the positive sides, or I can see the pros of doing that. My only concern is that we're kind of driving away the bookies and the, and the, the bookmakers and, and, and the regulat- the regulators within that industry where we kind of might need their help in terms of coming up with a solution to working with them rather than working against them. And I suppose where the issue arises is that where where we've had and I heard Ushi McConville speaking about this all before, this whole issue, when he was going through his problems and his uh his club had um was sponsored by a betting company and that they that, that they that they were providing a huge um a huge boost financially to the club when they needed it. So I think it's it it is a very essentially a hugely complex problem because where I think the problem with gambling, especially in the g a a is I think it's surrounded and more so in ireland as well it's surrounded by a behavioral issue, and it goes back to as well to what happens with with drinking as well and you know the the usual idea of maybe a game on a Sunday guys go to the pub afterwards, have a couple of pints I'm thinking about the club player here. You have a couple of points, you, you might celebrate your win if if you do so. And, and that might, might bring on um, the gambling or the betting if, if they're going to do so. But also, to kind of go from a different angle, I know myself, when, when I worked in the betting shop, one thing that used to surprise me hugely was the idea of the odds when it comes to games and the knowledge base that uh, bookies, especially big, huge bookmakers maybe that have come over from the UK... If they were placing if they were uh, placing odds on club games which has kind of become a big phenomenon in the last couple of years and the odds and I had a knowledge of how odds would work and I used to think God that team is really really good and their odds really really uh, uh, the odds are really really good as well and I think it's about one the mental health issue and sorting that out on the side of the GAA, but also as a public relations issue when it comes to the GAA as well. In that, although it's banning sponsorship, I think they need to find a way to reach out to the, to the gambling industry and say, "Look, we want to sort out a solution here as well. We're not telling you that to go away because they're there. They're, it's it's a, it's un- unfortunately, or unfortunate, or whatever." Whatever way you look at it, they're there. It's like the gambling industry, it's or, sorry, it's like the alcohol industry, the tobacco industry, and so on and so forth. I think it's better working with them, and I think maybe that's something that is where we down the line is where problems might arise. But I think I do agree that it is a positive step in that it's, I think, short term, um, it might, it, it might help, it might get, um. It, it might help somebody, might, and hopefully it does. But I think it's, in terms of tackling the issue of gambling in the GAA, I think it's a wider issue than than uh, than simply just banning sponsorship.
0: Sorry, go on ahead. Go. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I suppose, look, the fact of this discussion is arising from the motion being passed, and so sure. it's actually beginning to take effect already. Uh, look, for most people, gambling is not a problem. It's Really form of, it's a form of entertainment maybe a few bob on a horse or a, or a game and it's a bit of interest in, in the sure. event now it's no more it's no more than that and it's, that's that's fine that's most people that can do that but if, if the people who are affected by addiction are the ones that are suffering and, and, and it's a massive massive problem and uh, when you're right you're saying maybe there, there should be some way to involve the, the bookmakers or whatever uh, I, I think that's going to come through the legislation the Gambling Control Bill I think uh, addresses those issues you know and like uh, you know, the warnings and cigarette packs. I think you're going to see a lot more of that type of thing. The warnings will be placed in in, in you know, whatever bookie office or an online, whatever they will have to highlight like, the, the impact uh, gambling can have and the addiction, the addictive nature of of the of the, uh, of odd gambling. Um, okay, it's the GA is not going to solve the problem, but certainly I think it's going to help I uh, think raise awareness because. Any of us that are involved in clubs, we all know players who have had serious gambling mm-hmm. problems, and uh, it's very, very yes. difficult to deal with it uh, on your own. And yeah. uh, you know, the club itself probably can't intervene a lot either, but uh, certainly they can support the person, and, and and maybe they can find posts. For the individual, maybe a way, a way forward, uh, and and it could be a first step in in helping to re- rehabilitate somebody. But it, it is a massive problem. We see, we see it the country. Very high-profile players like you know Oshin and, and Niall McNamee these lads uh, who've been brave enough to stand up and, and admit it. Uh, it's, it's massive. It is coming from the online uh, gambling. It's 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 of, It's at home. It's on the phone. And you can do it uh, by borrowing money, use a credit card to pay for it, and in fact, it's 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 been recognised now. I think that most online gamblers borrow money uh, to 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 place bets, or that's through using a credit card or getting getting funds from somewhere else. Um, you know, and a recent survey of, of online gambling suggests that 64% of them have a problem with it. So the people are recognizing to themselves, but maybe, you know, they, they can't do it on their own to, to, to address the problem. Uh, and I think something like 62 or 63 percent also reckon that they, they bet more than they can afford to, to lose. You know, so uh, it's it's it, the problem is there and we have to face it. We just can't uh, suit the carpet. Uh, it has to be head on, I think now. And, uh, you know, I mean, the antics. Of online uh, betting companies is, you know, I mean, there was a case in Carroll where where a guy he gambled ten million, uh, he 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 stole money from from his workplace and and uh, he got he got just deeper and deeper into it, and it affected obviously it had a huge impact on him. He ended up in jail, and uh, he's a normal guy like you and me, and uh, it just it just consumed him. And uh, it was a slippery, slippery slope, and it obviously had massive impact in his case. But, but a lot of the online companies, uh, you know, the teller staff, you know, uh, forget about the concerns about the, the gambler, and they they target people that are going to be vulnerable uh, in in whether the they're set up. Uh, so, you know, there is definitely a need for greater regulation as a result. Yeah, um, it's
1: it's a it's a, it's a it's a very very difficult one because. Whenever if any like whenever I tweeted about it the other day, I had some people, you know, replying and agreeing and, but then some people saying that just because, you know, not everybody has a gambling problem and you know, it's not Absolutely. this, is not, yeah. 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 this yeah. is not this is not a, like
0: Absolutely. Like, it's yeah. Again, it's the minority that we're talking about, you know, but it has yeah. such a big impact. Uh, it's 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 a massive, massive impact on their on their lives, uh, on their futures, and on the futures maybe their families. And uh, people have lost their houses, lost their jobs, at their homes. You know, it's just when it goes wrong, it's it's you know, it's catastrophic.
1: Yeah, I I like I don't know if it's a fair comparison to say like uh, whenever uh, tobacco uh, and things like that were sponsoring events and. Uh, yeah, like if you look at the generations now, you know, like the, the the current sort of like 20 year olds and that they're not, they're not smoking as much as say 20 year olds were back, you know, like 20 years ago, for example. And like, is that an effect of the fact sure. that. The,
2: no, in terms of what I'm, uh, one? I meant. So with, in relation to the tobacco industry, in relation to alcohol industry, and with gambling as well, my point was that it's, it's more a case of look, whether we like it or not, gambling um, tobacco and alcohol are there; their, their vices that people have, and it's it's a case I think that of trying to, in a way, maybe work with them, but also I know you can't you can't include these people to to the extent of ta- uh, of working with them so that they lose customers. It's about working with them about prevention, and I think they're like you're you're dead on, you're you're spot on. This is. This is a great step, and it's and, and it's certainly within GA. You're dead right in that. There's in 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 an awful lot of clubs in Ireland. There's that hidden element of players that haven't come out about their uh, about their gambling uh, problems, and it is certainly a step in the right direction. Um, and but I and I do also agree with you. I I think I don't think I don't think this is going to be solved in just yet. And I I I think it's a it's a it's a first step.
0: I think it's a great step. Yeah, um, I think so too. And look, I think if if you if you turn around uh, not just GHS room, but one of the first things you see are lads and their phones and they're checking the results of matches and, and 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 what bets come up, what bets didn't come up, and so on. And that's with young teams, with very young players, and uh, you know some clubs have come to. Things are just they not want to allow phones and dress notes because it's just distraction and uh, just from a purely selfish point of view of maybe the focus of the team is not on the game. Um, They've got rid of phones and dress notes because of this time. And uh, it's the young, if the, the age profile of these young online gamblers is a massive concern to me you know, because it, it's it's you know it, they're very immature and uh, they get sucked into this maybe free betting you know, or free. You know, it's, it gathers momentum and suddenly they're in deeper than they can afford to be in. Uh, you know, before you know it, have a problem. And um, I think the G has done a very good thing here by highlighting it. And I think it's going to become a big issue. Well, I said to you that the amount of money that's been spent, it's, it's phenomenal money. I mean, you know, 14 million per day in the country on gambling. Like, it's just mind boggling, really. Like, it's. it's 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 a uh, it's something that's that's you know it's going to grow and grow if we don't take steps to counteract uh, the, the nature of the of the activity.
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, another thing that was talked about at the congress there as well, uh was about the uh, was about the motions that the fact that the the votes will all be recorded and published in the minutes. Uh, the bit of transparency and this is something that. I think a lot of people maybe expected. Well, they thought it was a good idea. I'm sure if you have nothing to hide, sort of, why wouldn't you want it to be? You know, why wouldn't you want your vote to be disclosed? But it was. It was pretty much it was yeah. shot down so heavily.
0: Yeah, it was. I, 80, 80, I thought it was going to be passed uh, very, very comfortably. You know, when it was first proposed, I thought it would be a a in to be honest with you. And then the discussion kind of joined a week, uh, switched when Cork were going to change their vote to to a no vote, I suppose, and, other counties followed suit and um i could see i could then maybe see a bit of their argument you know that you know when, when a delegate is mandated by a county board to go to congress uh they're instructed to wait to vote like and uh, it would be i would imagine it would it would be rare enough that a, a, a delegate would go against uh the instruction of his county board uh in how to vote uh that's not to say it doesn't happen it can happen and i think that will that the beauty of the motion would have been that it would have been transparent. We would know for certain that they didn't do it. I don't know what harm it would do. Uh, but I think it's a huge issue. I think it's been made of a very, very big issue. And I think maybe, you know, the Club Players Association are looking to get some kind of, you know, traction and get some kind of uh, success, really, uh, because they're finding it very difficult and maybe to get the change that they want in terms of, you know, club versus county in particular. And uh, this would have seemed to have been very good and fair motion because there is that element of within the GAS, we all know that, we all see that it's impossible to get change and that uh, the powers that be have it, what's it wrapped up like, but that the structures are, are just against uh, change coming. And uh, this motion then would have brought some transparency to it. But in reality, I don't think that too many decisions have been affected by you know people voting against the wishes of the county board uh, when it came to making decisions on motions
1: for
0: instance and um, yeah it's, you know, uh, like it was, it was so heavily, heavily defeated as well like um
1: like uh, it, is there is there is the fact that it was so heavily defeated like is these are the people who are basically deciding the vote on whether they should reveal their votes <laughs> you know like it's kind of it's kind of a strange yeah, one really yeah.
0: Yeah, look, but obviously, again, they're mandated by county boards out to vote. <laughs> so, Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and obviously, you, you know, quite four or five counties have publicly stated what we're going to vote on this. And it may, I mean, that maybe obviously it is reflective of, of a lot of counties. Um, I suppose people don't have to be told what to do, <laughs> you know, um, coming from the outside. This is one of the problems with the structures of where the, the Club Players Association is. is an official body, is an unofficial body, it's a tail wagging the dog, and and I think there's a resentment within uh, the, I suppose, the official channels of the GA against an outside body having an influence, uh, and the change should come from within. Basically, I suppose that is maybe the, the, what's behind all of this, you know. And it's a difficult that one because like, we, yeah, we, as you say, we it's not
1: an outside body,
0: and even though it is. The members are very much members oh, of the G
1: A. Oh so. yeah, and
0: a great GM. Man. Great, great GM, man. like we're fantastic GM, man. you know, and uh frustrated GM too because you know, they're they're they're, they're looking at the the pace of change and and, and maybe the direction that the association is taking is is anti club in many ways and it's becoming elitist and They're very, very concerned about that, and I would share their concerns because it would be very much uh, coming from a club background myself, and uh, I I think that the GA is becoming very, very, very elitist, and I don't like to drive towards uh, Super 8s, I don't like to drive towards Sky TV. Uh, I think it's been driven by money, and uh, we need more money because we're more professional, and we're more... 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 and... um, Leave a lot of a lot of behind, and particular clubs are, are suffering. I think as a result. I think I think it's had a big impact on clubs.
1: Yeah, Pierce, what about from your point of view, then do, is it is is this just another? I don't know. Is this, this another hammer blow for the CPA that it's basically it's they're finding it very hard to get off the ground, or do you think this is just a pretty much a speed bump and they they, they there seems to be a will there publicly for people to get behind them, but just not exactly in Congress yet.
2: Well, I think. <laughs> I can't exactly imagine Congress and CPA being two beings that could live side by side because of what they're trying to achieve. Um, the CPA are definitely, for want of a better word, they're probably the renegades in within the G, GAA at the moment. And I spoke last year to um, Kevin Nolan, um, former Dublin footballer, about it, and there is definitely a huge passion there, and. Look, uh, as as uh, myself and uh remarked later on, I am a dub, but I do I am based in uh, London. And within London GAA, I can see that there's problems popping up everywhere when it comes uh, to counties that are a little bit further down the scale as opposed to the likes that will be uh, competing in the Super 8 and the more maybe elitist counties. Um, I think th- the issue and the problem that's going to come down the line for the uh, CPA um is I t- like it's i think it's about monday for them that with the g p a with when they kind of got got into the to the the main body of the GAA those years ago is that they kind of had to compromise on a few issues but the c p a is there because they need to be um they need to be the renegades they need to be the rebels and I think it's going to be difficult, and it's going to be interesting in the in the future, uh, in the next couple of months especially. And because I think this summer is going to be, um, especially the way the championship is looking, and that it's there's there's a few teams, especially in hurling on football, there's a few teams that can challenge. And the Skydale has seems to be uh, taking on a life of its own, and that doesn't seem to be uh, stopped. Uh, and probably mightn't be stopped. And I thought, and there's an interesting element as well within all this in that the Ryan Nugent leaving Ortiz Sport, the head of Ortiz Sport. And I think it's an interesting so far that whoever comes in as the new head of Ortiz Sport, what happens with him if he doesn't uh, win out in the next uh, battle for GAA rights? And I think that's going to be for the GPA, or for the GAA in general, for the next couple of years. Um, when it comes to the idea of TV rights, when it comes to the idea of transparency, Congress, CPA, club games, and club players, I think that it's coming up to a bit of a turning point, and it, it could. It's something that I think, as club members and as as grassroots members, I think it's something that we all need to be uh, careful, and we all need to make sure that we have a say because it could come to a point where it could just pass us by, and we're looking at it and saying, "Wait, what happened?" Because I think when we look at, and I've, I've never been the one, I, 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 like with the club game in, the, in rugby, I think it's something that GAA members often point to and say, look, that's dying on its feet. That what's happening there is we, we don't want to replicate in our game. And I, I wouldn't go as far as that because, you know, games will develop when it comes, when it, generationally. But especially with the GAA, I think there's a big um, fork coming down on the road that we need to be really, really careful in. It's um, it's something that can be potentially uh, detrimental to the CPA.
1: I I agree. What, where where do CPA go from here then? Or you know, for those who have an interest in the club, I mean, game
0: it's, and those... yeah, it, this is it, it, you know the GM it's an enigma. within the Like it's, it's 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 so many layers to it. We have clubs, we have counties, we have hurling, we have football, we have ladies football now, and we have camogie, all coming under one umbrella. And now we have the GPA and we have the CPA and do we next have a, you know, a a Gaelic clubs association? (laughs) And we've got to be very careful, like how we, you know, how we how we progress. And there's a danger of fracturing the association here, I think, with with all these different bodies coming to being. And uh, But you can understand where they're coming from because it's so hard to it's so hard for a voice to be heard basically at the top. It seems that the club is a lot of lip service to it, but it is being ignored. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all the been in the basket of the, those, the top 18, or, you know, the quarterfinal, the championship, and, and TV rights uh, been so important. It's 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 the direction that GA take, which way is it going to go. And I, 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 we are at a fork in the road, you know. And, and my own opinion is that it should be clawed back. I think it's gone too far. And that uh, we need to we need to redress the balance between club and county in a serious way. And I, I you know, I mean, sometimes I think you have to take a step back, uh, you know, to to really make progress. Because the more games we add to the calendar, the inter-county calendar, the less time we're going to have for clubs. The less uh, focus we're gonna have clubs. The more clubs are going to out to county players. And the super race is going to create this problem in 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 the next few months, uh, where we're going to have a lot of live televised games. It's going to affect club games, club fixtures. Even that alone is going to affect club fixtures. Can you imagine me wanting to the club the county is involved? But, uh, it's not going to happen at club 11 in those counties. So, uh, I just think we're we're I think we're just chasing chasing I think money the whole time. That's what it looks like to me. Um, and in my opinion. The best competition we have is the league, which is working very, very well. There's a big call. Now, a lot of people are saying for you know, a tier competition at a championship on, on the league basis. But why would we do that? Why would we duplicate the league? We don't, we don't need two leagues. Um, I, I think we should be bringing the league into the summer and bringing the championship back maybe to a knockout championship. And that may seem heresy at this stage, but something radical has to happen to alter the calendar. And that's the only way I can see it happening.
1: So you would be you would be happy, like from Carlo's point of view, playing you know possibility of playing the first round of Leinster, um, but having got that uh, playing those league games perhaps a slightly later than they are now. So you're still playing uh, a load of matches and good weather and things like that there. But the championship possibly being you know one game and you could be gone.
0: Well, look, you know, there's no doubt the climate change is going to affect here too, and the, the weather for the last couple of winters has been has been uh, fairly severe. Yes, the interest and attendance at the league games has been very, very good and, and, the, and the competition and the quality of the games is quite good too. Imagine if those games were played on a dry pitch and a fine floor was uh how attractive it would be. And if it's properly marketed, it could become a competition to equal the championship. Uh, you know, a lot of county managers talking down the league doesn't matter, players talking down the league doesn't matter, it does matter. Matters to everybody, and you'll see, you know, you'll see teams there uh, trying to avoid relegation because you want division two and three and so on, you know. And uh, the only people that does not matter are people who can be mid table uh, where they're not going to move either way. Um, but it does matter. It's a great competition. As regards to one game in the championship, if the league and the championship run concurrently, it might not be impacted if it was that way. And it maybe maybe it could be, you know, it could be it could be divided at that stage after the around round it's just a thought I have that I think we need less games or more
1: games yeah uh, speaking of promotion then so yourselves are you're getting on very well you a joint top at the minute with Leish, Um one point ahead of Antrim the three of you sort of cut away from the rest there at the top um, what glow up next um, how are you feeling about the campaign so far you must be delighted
0: yeah we're very pleased uh, you know we were very close to promotion last year as well we were tipped off near the end and um, we just felt the fixtures fell uh, unkindly for us, maybe you know. Um, but uh, we've we've been a very good start to this year's league. We had a, we obviously had a good championship this year, and I think we're at, I think we're at our, it's our seventh unbeaten league game now. Uh, if you go back to last year's league, we finished with three wins, and we've had uh, those wins in the championship as well. So we're not, we're not on a good a good trajectory at the moment. Um, you know we've we've. I think we're we're scoring quite freely as well. I think we're top goal scorers in the country. I think we've eight goals I think, in four games, and uh, we're look we're, we're going quite well. But Leash and Antrim are going very well too, and uh, it's going to come down to the wire between the three teams. I think I think uh, one of those three teams is going to disappoint us. That's just ultimately going to happen there. I think, and you know, it's it's uh, we haven't known that division in a long, long time, so we're really, really focused on it, and we would hope we've got that this year might be the year Um we're certainly leaving no stone unturned we've got a bigger panel than we've ever had we've had i think we've every player in the county in that we really want uh, we've a great setup a great background team and great facilities and everything is going the right direction for us at the moment you know and the age profile of the team is very very good are uh, a lot more quite experienced players we brought in a few young players this year who are quite talented and they're we're, we're hoping to you know very good in the county players in the next couple of years. So in a good place, like promotion won't be the be all and end all, but uh, certainly it's it's on our radar at this stage.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, look, uh, I think we're we'll, uh, we're sort of running out of time there, but uh, I want to wish you all the best of luck, but not too much luck against Antrim. Uh, <laughs> 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 i <I'll be> hope <happy. laughs> if they are so, the ones to miss out, then that'll be good. But no, seriously, best luck for the rest of the year and, uh, and the championship as well. Thanks very much, turtle No problem. Thanks very much for calling. Bye bye. Great to have to look on the show. Uh, you can listen to more episodes from the GA Scores podcast at gascores.com. Uh, you'll also find us on iTunes as well, SoundCloud and Acast. Um, if there's any other podcast apps that you think we should be appearing on, do get in touch, let us know. Uh, like us on Facebook, GA Scores podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at GA Scores. We'll be posting a lot more on Twitter and Instagram. So do be sure to check us out there uh, and yeah, get in touch, anything you want us to talk about anything you feel like we've we've missed or anything we should focus more on or any suggestions of guests we should try and get on, let us know, uh, get in touch alright, thanks for listening, talk to you next week
0: Michael's finally gonna slap with the hurl across the hours. yes you did relax, free it